Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Tuesday, March 7th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Christina Lulich. And I'm Noah Osborne. Let's get into today's headlines. There's an influx of migrants in New York City, and according to Mayor Adams, costs are adding up. The city's spending about $363 a day on each asylum seeker. The price includes city services like shelters and emergency relief centers. This puts New York City on track to spend $1.4 billion by the end of the fiscal year in June, and the number is projected to double next year. Today, Mayor Adams announced the Office of Asylum Seeker Operation and the creation of a 24-7 arrival center to provide necessities and shelter to incoming migrants. This is our blueprint. This is our response uh, to this crisis. What we have done, what we're doing, and what we need help to continue the job that we're doing. Mayor Adams hopes that this new initiative will help support newly arrived asylum seekers. Coney Island is known for its beach and boardwalk, but there may be a new addition that has residents divided. There's a proposal to add a casino called the Coney. People in favor of the construction say it will boost the economy of this iconic Brooklyn community. It'll also provide year-round entertainment since many of Coney Island's attractions are seasonal. But not everyone thinks the casino will have a positive impact on the neighborhood. Last night, residents gathered to sound off their opinions at a community meeting. People who are against the casino say it could cause a lot of traffic and violence. They're also concerned that the construction could drain Coney Island of its limited resources. Brooklyn Bar President Antonio Reynoso says although he doesn't have a definitive stance, he just wants what's best for Coney Island. There hasn't been a license issued out for the casino yet. Reynoso says they're still in talks with the governor and the final decision is up to the state. If you're walking down the street today and see people in costumes, you might think Halloween was five months ago. And while that might be true, the city's vibrant Jewish community is keeping the party going with Purim. Purim, often regarded as Jewish Halloween, is where kids and grown-ups dress up in costumes. The holiday is based on a Jewish biblical story of Queen Esther of Persia, a young Jewish woman who saved the Jewish people from being murdered by the king's evil advisor. New Yorkers curious about Purim can attend events for all ages scattered across the city. The festivities end tonight. She's already made history as the first black woman to sit on the Supreme Court bench, and now her hometown is honoring her story. That's right, Christina. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson is being honored by her hometown in Miami with a street naming. The street is being called Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson Street and is located in South Dade County, where Justice Brown-Jackson grew up. Lionel Richie just announced his tour and fans can sing along all night long. That's right. The four-time Grammy winner will be on tour this summer with Earth, Wind & Fire. The North American tour will kick off in Minnesota and make its way to New York City in the middle of August. And people can score tickets starting today. So I might not know how to drive just yet, but I've got a license to ill. Anyways, on this day in music history, on their high-flying debut, Beastie Boys became the first rap act to have a number one album in the U.S. with License to Ill. Road Recovery is a music-driven nonprofit that helps people through opioid addiction recovery. In a time when opioid overdoses are on the rise in New York City, WFUV's Maya Sargent finds out how the organization is assisting New Yorkers in need. There is an opioid epidemic in New York. That was confirmed last month when the New York State Department of Health released its quarterly report. Statistics confirmed two things about overdoses. One, 
overdose deaths have increased by 14% statewide. And two, visits to the ER have increased by over 30%. The numbers are raising the concerns for experts like Pat Ossum. Ossum is the Vice President of the Consumer Clinical Content Development at Partnership to End Addiction. That's a non-profit in the city. Right now, Pat is particularly concerned with the quality of the drug supply. She says the current supply is being corrupted by fentanyl. Fentanyl is an extremely powerful opioid. Some statistics would say 50 times more powerful than heroin, 100 times more powerful than morphine. Fentanyl has found its way into MDMA, ecstasy and counterfeit pills, and it can cause respiratory problems, nausea and even death. But it's not the only contender harming users. Xylazine is an animal tranquilizer. It is not approved for human use, but it is increasingly being used because, as I understand it, for people who are using fentanyl, it extends the, the length of the high. While the addition of drugs like fentanyl and xylazine are exacerbating the crisis in New York, this isn't the first time the city has endured an opioid epidemic. Back in the 1990s, New York City saw a rise in overdose deaths as a result of prescription opioids. And one organization has been around to see the trends evolve. Road Recovery is a nonprofit that uses music to help young people with addiction and recovery. They started in the 90s and they're still going strong today. Co-founder Gene Bowen tells me how he and his friend Jack Bookbinder began their journey. It was inspired by their own adversities. Gene's was substance misuse, and Jack's was type 2 diabetes. It basically started with myself and Jack Bookbinder. Jack Bookbinder is a manager in the music industry. I was a tour manager. Then basically, my means of coping skills was drugs and alcohol, and the lifestyle and the insanity of touring fit perfectly with that. A few years later, in 1992, Gene decided he needed to get clean. As he started vocalizing his struggles, so did the people around him. So he knew he needed to create a resource to help. To help teach healthy coping skills, to help teach life skills, and to help teach communication skills with youth. Jean says music is the universal language that has allowed their work to continue for 25 years. Collectively, through art, can create something that can transcend distance and language and culture. Co-founder Jack Bookbinder tells me Road Recovery does this by collaborating with various organizations across the state. They host weekly sessions that culminate in a final performance. He describes the layout of each class. You would see a room full of music equipment that we would bring in, maybe some gear, light DJ equipment. There could be opportunities for dance. We'd have art supplies. And we kind of ask what the kids want to do creatively. Both Gene and Jack say the mentors are the backbone of the program. The mentors are amazing. They're credible messengers. They are sharing what they've been through in their lives with addiction recovery or another adversity and what their solutions are. He's talking about people like Susan Campanaro. She's been a mentor at Road Recovery for nearly 12 years. I used when I was young. So from 12 to 24, that's when I was in active addiction. And so for me, I'm very compassionate with the young people. I understand where they're coming from. She says it's the best thing in her life. Like I've seen how these young people that we've been working with they go from being like really, really shy and introverted and can't talk to laughing and singing and being open. And Susan says these are skills they take with them for the rest of their lives. 
Jack says they keep in touch with Road Recovery's alumni network. He says nothing beats being able to see the kids he works with succeed. They've gone on to very healthy and productive lives, get married, or giving us stories about what's happening in their lives. So when I ask what makes Road Recovery different, founder Jean says Road Recovery has been giving young people a chance for the past 25 years. By providing them a safe space from which they can gain traction, they can make mistakes, they can trial by fire, and they can start to realize and learn how to navigate this thing called life on life's terms. You can find videos and live streams of Road Recovery's performances on their YouTube channel and follow their developments online at www.roadrecovery.org. With WFUV News, I'm Maya Sargent. That was WFUV's Maya Sargent on the work of Road Recovery. And that's our show for today. I'm Noah Osborne. And I'm Christina Lulich. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, and culture. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.